Welcome to season three of Fit to Be Radio. The goal of this season is to dive deep into real life fitness applications, exploring how exercise and core strength play out in situations we all face every day. You should know that Fit to Be Radio is a production of Fit to Be Studio, an online family-friendly workout portal which specializes in home workouts and e-courses for postpartum women of all ages. So hey, strap on your sneakers and take us for a walk while we talk, or just grab your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch while you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Fit to Be Radio. My name is Chris, I'll be hosting this, and I've got with us, like normal, Beth Learn. Beth, what's up? Not much. Excited Not about this. Much. Program. Come on, there's definitely much up. Oh, there's a lot, but right now in this moment, just right this now in this very moment, there's not that much. I also have Great. with us Kate Shat. I'm super excited to talk to her today. She is um, on Instagram. She's also got a website. We'll get to that at the end. We'll get to that at the end. But first of all, Kate, where are you coming to us from in the in the in the big wide world? I'm in northern BC, Canada. Oh, northern so, BC, Canada. Yeah. So kind of at the beginning of the north, we're about halfway up the province. Wow. And this is where my husband grew up. I grew up on a small island in the Canadian side of the Pacific Northwest, basically. And then we moved here in 2017 because we wanted our children to have more wild space. Wow. So you've got lots of space up there then. Yeah. So we have five kids now and we have 34 acres here, but we have a lot of, so what you would call public land, I think in the States, it's called crown land here. Got because it. Canada is still technically ruled by yes. Britain and Crown. Yes, yes. So it's called Crown Land. So we have Crown Land everywhere that it's so easy to go on an adventure, to go fishing, to go hunting, hiking, find a lake. And that wild space to be outdoors and be active was really important to us. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so you're loving it. So it was a good decision, right? Yeah. Awesome. For sure. Now, Beth, how do you and Kate, how did you guys even get connected? How do you guys know each other? I found her through Marissa Frosé on Instagram. Marissa is one of our clients. And Marissa mm-hmm. also has a homestead in Nova Scotia. And uh, the right. two of them had, um, you know, they posted each other's content. And I am always fascinated by other homesteaders. You know, I have this little seven acre hobby farm in the Pacific Northwest in Mm -hmm. rural Southwest Washington state, which is the state right below Canada. Um, And so I love looking at other people that are ahead of me for ideas and goals and dreaming. And it's interesting what Kate said about like moving so that their children can have more space. Cause we moved from busy Portland, Oregon which is a major metropolis in in Oregon Mm -hmm. um, to Washington to property for the exact same reasons. We had both grown up in the country and we wanted our kids out of the city. We wanted them be able to climb trees and play in the woods and be a few minutes from adventures because we were not doing well in the city at all as country kids ourselves, Our kids were literally climbing the walls, climbing the fences and trying to adventure through gang ridden oh. neighborhoods. <laughs> I couldn't imagine having my children in a city, like Mm -hmm. even in a subdivision where you can't just like open the door and be like, come in for dinner. You can't yell at your 
kittens when you or have where neighbors. you can't be like go outside until dinner like that's right, yeah. that's right. get out yeah that's, that's awesome so, so kate how far so when you say northern canada so how far is the next closest city like you're purposely we're far like away from it, right? okay so we're half an hour of town where you can okay i grew up on an island that was 27 miles long that okay. you couldn't even buy your basic clothing there was only like high-end stuff for tourists but there wasn't like the basic right. clothes you'd buy for yourself and your kids right like, um you know there's no there's ordinances against any fast food so i grew up without any of that and there's no big box stores there's no like it was a small island so moving here where we have like canadian tire is like i don't even know how you describe canadian tire it doesn't have groceries but otherwise it's like a smaller walmart you can find everything there so right. like there's Canadian Tire and there's like one of every fast food or, you know, of most fast food places. And there's like three grocery stores. Like there's options. You yeah. can, you can have a C-section in the hospital here. Like where I, you know, it was midwife birth only on the island. Wow. You know? So I feel like I moved to a big city, so to speak, but it's actually a small town. Right. Um, so our closest like city is four hours away, and I okay. never go there. That okay. is also similar to us because we're just a couple miles away from a town similar to that. Um, like we just got a Walmart two years ago. That was big. <laughs> <laughs> we have a small town fifteen minutes away, but it only has like a corner store, a gas station. That but don't pass there because it's not good it's gas. Room. <laughs> Cafe and like five churches okay. and a lumberyard. A lumberyard. So that's like <laughs> that is so. Okay, okay. So let's so so we're talking about um, you know, small town purposeful. Okay, forget the small town. You're talking about purposeful having purposeful space to be active. I yeah. love that mm -hmm. purposeful, purposeful space to be active. So that's like the tie-in to fitness and Beth is constantly, I think to be real blunt, like her children get super irritated when she tries to turn every chore into a fitness routine. They like, <laughs> I've, I've witnessed this where they're kind of like, are you kidding me right now? I'm actually just trying to get this done because I don't want to be doing this. And she's like, look at the perfect squat you're doing. And they have this look like, okay, not good mom. <laughs> Um, but there's a really good side to it actually. So I'd love to just dive in there. Um, I, and you know, attack the fitness angle. I know Beth, that's one of the things that you're super passionate about. And Kate, I know that you've got, you said five kids, right? Yeah. So five kids and yourself and, um, and your husband and you just like all tied in there doing the outdoors thing. So let's, let's start there. Like, what is that like? How does that work? So the point where Beth and I connected beyond like I was aware of her on the internets, she was aware of me on the internets, right? Like we were aware of each other, but there was no connection. The point right. where we connected is I posted a picture from a photo shoot. Like it's a very nice photo of my kids and I bouncing on the trampoline and I'm holding my toddler as I'm bouncing on the trampoline. And the, the point to the post was that you should be able to do these things without fear 
of peeing yourself. Yeah. Like I always get people be like, how can you squat to milk? How can you bounce on a trampoline? How can you do these things? And I like, don't believe the lie you're told that just because you've had kids, now you're going to pee yourself and you can't bounce on a trampoline. That's a lie. Right. Mm -hmm. There's very few people that actually, if they got help, would still do that. Right. Right. Like, that's a lie that women are told. You are meant to be active. Women are meant to squat by a fire Mm -hmm. and cook. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. We are physiologically built for that. Right. And, you know, I think it's a lie that people say that they, you know, pee themselves. I mean, it's not a lie that they pee themselves. It's a lie they're told that that's what it is. And this is what they, this is their fate. They accept it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I got the same questions when I would post things about milk and my goats. When we first moved here, mm -hmm. you know, my, my, my daughter has a milk allergy. And so I was like, Hey, we have seven acres. We'll get goats. So I bought a goat in milk with her two little babies or no, I think she was just pregnant at the time. And, um, but she was still in milk. And so I had to learn how to do that. And right away I started sharing stories with my, with my following on Instagram. So it was a big pivot from city life to country life. And they're like, how are you doing that? I'm like, well, I, I can squat. And now this is like direct life application squatting to be able to milk. And I got the same questions you did and, and focused on like that same lie that pops up. It's really fascinating. Like who originally started circulating that lie that we are supposed to have babies and fall apart and not be able to function in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Who started that lie? Let's go after that person. I'm a proponent of postpartum rest. I think postpartum rest super important. Like I've seen in Facebook groups, people be like, how many days did you take off after milking after you have a baby? And people are like, oh, just a couple. And then I was back at it. And I'm like, this is not a badge of honor. Right. (laughs) You should be stepping up to milk your animal so you can lay down for a week at minimum. Yeah. Like this is not a badge of honor to be right back out at it. So there is that factor to it. But I remember I was pregnant with my third we lived on the island still at that point where I grew up. We had just a few animals and my midwife, I was getting lots of Braxton Hicks and contractions and this and that. She was like, it's fine. Just keep doing normal activity. And I was like, okay, like 50 pound feed tax, five gallon buckets of water in each hand. And she was like, oh, no, that's not normal activity. And I was like, why is it not normal activity? That's more normal. That's my normal. And she was like, I guess if it's your normal, continue on your normal. And that was even when we called the midwife for me to have her. She was like, how far apart are your contractions? And I was like, I don't know, but it takes me 15 minutes to feed the animals. And three times I had to put the buckets down for contractions. So five minutes apart. (laughs) I love that. But even at that, I modified. I got two gallon buckets and I carried two gallon buckets in each hand instead of five gallon buckets in each hand so that I could still continue being active but not push myself too hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I and my I struggled kid... with Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. I struggled with my fifth. I was on bed rest to start for bleeding and then I got back into milking but then I no longer would muck out or feed or anything. My husband and kids would take care of that. And I kept milking, I kept milking until about January. He was born in March, until about January. Like I would lay on the couch and be like, I don't wanna go milk. And he'd be like, get off the couch and go milk. You're just whining. <laughs> like he would push me to get outside. He was like, you have to get outside. 
you have to go outside. And in about January, I went, okay, uncle, my hips hurt. I'm going to the chiropractor today and I'm not sitting on a bucket by a cow after that. I said, I'm done. And he goes, okay, that's fine. But you still have to feed your cows their afternoon grain. And I was like, why? He's like, because you have to get outside. You have mm. to go walk outside. You have to go see your cows because you like your cows and seeing them will be good for you. And you have to do it. So I literally fed my cows their afternoon grain while contracting with my fifth one because it was like, well, let's get outside and go for a walk. But I didn't tell anybody I was contracting. And, you know, he just knows when to push me, but knows when to be like, okay, rest. But, you know, you still have to get outside. You still have to get fresh air and do those sort of things. So it's a balance, but he does it well, I think. Wow, that's cool. Beth, what do you think about that? Literally what went through my head was <clears throat> farm life, yo. <laughs> like, that is, um, it is very different than how a lot of other people live. But it, I heard so much truth in that and, and the sense of knowing what, what is good for us and when our partners know what is best for us and they know when to push us and when to like also hold us back a bit. And being on a farm and living in the city, it creates this whole other set of needed motions. It also creates this whole other set of inputs for our mental health and our heart health and our physical health that have to be copied and duplicated. And I almost want to say faked in a way when you're living in the city. You know, if you go to a gym, there's something called a farmer's carry where you're carrying a heavy kettlebell in one or both hands. If you're on a farm, you are literally doing a farmer's carry with buckets of water mm -hmm. and grain. And I was thinking about that because I was carrying a 10, like a milk jar weighs at least 10 pounds, a gallon jar. And I was carrying one in each hand as I carry them to the fridge. And I was like, Hey, this is totally a workout. Yeah. And were you at the moment praying that you had the lids on tight? Cause that's what I do. I'm always like, are the lids on? Are the lids on? Hopefully the lids are on. Okay. The lids were on. Good. <laughs> I twist the lid on and then I take a dry cloth and I crank it because our lids will actually seal like a canning nice. lid with the warm milk if I have them cranked on Ooh. and then the milk stays fresher. I was doing this with um, um, wood. So I have my son haul wood from our shed to outside our door and then I will reach out and grab pieces and I have him, he's supposed to set them so they're ends up so I can just reach out and grab them really quick and pull them in the house and then stick them in the fireplace. And I'm always pondering the motions involved in that simple chore that I end up doing four or five times a day, where it's like reach out, lean around the door, grip with my hands, different shapes, different weights, because the wood is not all the same. It's different types of wood. Uh, mm -hmm. Avoid splinters and then flip it, squat down, put it in the stove. You're sitting there, you're rearranging, trying not to get burnt. And again, that's another motion that people who have electric heat or propane heat or whatever type of heat they have, that's another motion that we have outsourced to yeah. technology, but there's still a lot of, I think that wood stove heated and we're doing those motions. Yeah. yeah. I think the fact that you then have to fabricate, I think about that in terms of homeschooling. Hmm. I don't have to teach my children about the life cycle of a tree on a paper project they observe it, mm -hmm. they live it. 
But in yeah. public school, they have to fabricate that activity to make sure all the kids learn that and experience it. Right. So, you know, they have it's to the same thing. <laughs> a field trip to the forest. They have to go yeah. do field trips to get a lot of those experiences. I, I remember, so my kids have spent time um, homeschooling and in public school and in hybrid school is what we're in now where they just have classes twice a week. And for the brief yeah. amount of time that they were in public school, it was right after we moved here and they did a field trip to go look at a creek and look at fish. And my son was in third grade at the time and he very loudly was like, this is stupid. I have a creek in my yard. <laughs> Why are they we here, mom? the darndest things, don't they? <laughs> I'm like, shh, shh, not all the kids have a creek, shh. Yeah. I think, so, to, you know, having a milk cow, there is a lot of food benefits. We have all this lovely food. The other benefit is like, I went outside at 7.30 this morning. Would I go outside? It was probably 12 degrees Fahrenheit, minus eight Celsius. Would I go outside at 7.30 in the morning before the sun even came up for 45 minutes? No. Would I go outside at seven o'clock at night to just go for a little walk around? No. These yeah. They force me to mm -hmm. go outside and get fresh air and, you know, when yeah. I'm milking, I can't do anything else, right? Yeah. My hands are completely busy. I just have to sit there and think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of benefits to having animals that have nothing to do with what you get from the animals. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's super good. I, I'd love to press into that a little bit because there's going to be two groups of people that are listening to this or watching this. The first group is the people that's a, definitely a smaller group that actually can relate to everything you guys are saying because they have some kind of farm experience, some kind of small or some kind of out in the, in the country kind of experience. And then the other group is everybody that does not. So yeah. let's, let's dig into the people that do for a second. And kind of what I'm kind of hearing this message is, is to not look negatively on all of the things that it takes to facilitate a healthy family unit in a farm situation or in the country situation, because it's actually benefiting you from a health perspective a lot. Mm -hmm. I hear you both saying, oh, like I, I'm using this picking up the firewood to make my hands stronger and, you know, or I'm, I'm using, like what you said, Kate, I'm using this time milking the cow to clear my mind and think about important things. When normally in our mm -hmm. society, we're just constantly filling it with something digital or some kind of entertainment or some kind of distraction, even if it's just music. And you're saying, no, no, this is important time. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. have forced myself to get out except for I have to. So it's actually amazing for me and it's amazing for mm -hmm. my family. So I guess I hear the message that for the people that are in that situation, don't look at it negatively. This is an incredible blessing. Is that fair? Is that the kind of message I'm hearing from you guys? For sure. My husband says we have this lifestyle for our kids. He was like, it's not that we don't want to raise our own food, but we do this because kids need to work kids need to keep busy and get outside and do things and we live where we do for our kids mm -hmm. yeah that's mm -hmm. so awesome yeah beth i know you've got thoughts on this i know you do well 
confession, I feel like right now, honestly, with my kids being older and, you know, they're, they're both in high school. My daughter's about to graduate and my son is a freshman in high school. So it's ninth grade. <clears throat> and even though they're only at classes a couple days a week, there is still so much sitting time. It has become so much harder to get them to do chores. They're great at doing their chores when they do them. But, um, you know, there's, there's homework. And, um, so I'm there to support that, but there's this bigger struggle that's happening as they're older. And yeah. so much of school learning is back online and went online during COVID. So it's oh, like, yeah. I'm mm -hmm. trying to, I am like not fully homeschooling, only half homeschooling and the pull to make kids sedentary is so huge. Even though I deliberately fight that, and even though we live on a farm and my kids have things to do, it's like you have to be so intentional either way. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Kate can speak to that. Like, even though you do live on a farm, I'm sure you have moments where you're like, no, you need to do your chores. You cannot just do the thing. Mm -hmm. we, have to, we have to go outside. Um, it's not always rainbows and unicorns. Like, let's go for a hike and everybody wants to go. It's, oh, oh, oh. and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then you get getting them all out. Yeah. What was that? Getting toddlers out the door. Mm. Say no more. Yeah. Like getting. Yeah. <laughs> when we so we moved here in 2017, in 2018, I took care of my youngest, my sister's two kids who were the same age. I had three kids at that point, and they were the same age as my second and third kids. And the youngest two did not like being outside in winter. We would go outside every day and my oldest and I would take turns. Like it was like, we had to get outside every day. This was like, had to, mm -hmm. you'd like see the sun starting to set because in Northern BC, it's like three o'clock sometimes in winter. And you're like, ah, no, the sun's setting and like get outside. And they would scream the whole time we were outside. You'd pull them around on the sled and they would scream the whole time. You'd yeah. make it to, you wouldn't even make it that far because you get tired of their screaming, but you're like, hey, they got 10 minutes of fresh air and breathing fresh air and we win. Um, <laughs> but then, so in spring, I told Marius, my husband, I was like, we need to buy a quad for my mental health. And he was like, yes, but why? <laughs> and I was like, because I can't get very far from the house. Like I can only get so far and then the kids are wet and muddy and you drag back cranky kids who are now wet and muddy and any mental health benefit you have gained from being outside, you have lost. <laughs> so we bought a quad and I, or, or like, that's what you call like a ATV or four wheeler. Yeah. Yep. Um, I could go farther out. He built me a box on the front of my quad where I would put the shotgun for bears <laughs> and snacks and water bottles and we would go farther out and then we'd park and we'd adventure from there mm -hmm. mm. and then when everybody's cranky and wet you throw everybody back on the quad and drive back to the house and you're good nice and this was huge because i could explore farther than at this point and i could go yeah. more places without like getting in a vehicle like i don't want to get in a vehicle to go to a different part of the property like that's no right. fun yeah. So this really expanded where we could adventure and 
yeah, I still love it. I mean, we use it. I use it for the same sort of thing now. My kids use it for chores and it was a good purchase. That makes me think of that's smart. Like when we were in the city, you know, we'd have to have to stick them in a car because, you know, they frown on quads yeah. and shotguns in the city. Um, and <laughs> uh, but you put them in the car and take them to the zoo or you put them in the car and take them to the nature preserve or put them in the car mm-hmm. and take them to the park because it was we actually didn't live very close to any good parks. And that drove me crazy just because it's seatbelts and jackets and it's fussing and, and somebody hates their car seat. And, but then you go to the park and everybody feels better. But again, that speaks to the fabrication. I love that word you used. The fabrication, which is still good. Like they're still outside, but right. the mm-hmm. workload and the inputs to our body are different. Instead of climbing on trees or fences as country kids mm-hmm. do, um, it's, metal bars and plastic swings and it's animals behind screens or panes of glass as opposed to oh my gosh look at that cougar up in the trees over there let's go get back on the quad and go home (laughs) yeah so is there a situation what was that oh i've never seen a cougar in a tree thankfully Oh, we have cougars yeah, that's in our not, area. That's not really what you're hoping for. Okay, so let's yeah. so let's talk about for the other people that don't have the ability to hop on a quad and go out into their into their space. So mm-hmm. from a standpoint of being purposeful about using all of the different movements required for life, um, and thinking of them from a health benefit, thinking of them as fitness. What what do you say to the the people that are listening to this? Like, oh man, that's so nice, but I'm in downtown Manhattan, and that's never going to happen for me. What what do you say? What do you say to those people? How do you like? What's the message to them? Are they just posed or what? Can you have like flowers or herbs on your deck that you have to go outside and water? Mm. Make bread because then you have to physically need your bread. You can still choose a homemade life in the city. Like it's harder in some ways, yes, but you can still do things. And anytime you're making something from scratch, you're spending more time standing by the stove. And, you know, then some people are going to be like, that's a bad thing. I don't want to spend more time standing by the stove. But that is, you're up, you're active, you're moving. I don't think it's, a bad thing. Hmm. I love that what you said about you can have a homemade life in the city. And that made me remember this cute little backyard we had that in some ways was so much easier to manage in all the ways was easier to manage. You know, we yes. had chickens in Portland. You're allowed to have three hens in Portland, Oregon. Um, no roosters. No roosters. But we had three backyard hens. We had this little yeah. section of our yard for them. I had a few raised garden beds. We only had a tenth of an acre, which is actually a big plot That's in Portland. Plot. That's yeah. huge. Um, and then we had our, our little a little house and a big garage. We had a swing set for the kids, and then a nice big level grass yard. I had um, flower gardens, and then you know I had my strawberries and my tomatoes, and that made me want more you know it's like the gateway drug the backyard gardening and backyard chickens is like the gateway drug <laughs> to doing okay, more so but what about 
So getting purposeful, getting purposeful about when, you know, the space that you have. So, so yes, the farm, yes, the big backyard, but what about the family in an apartment? So what mm -hmm. do you say? What do you say to them? I love where you went, Kate, with the, yeah, but you still, you still on your deck, on your patio, on your windowsill, you can still plant, you can still be purposeful. You can still do things from mm -hmm. scratch, which requires more physical time, input and care. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Um, love to hear from both of you guys. Like, how do you be purposeful? Here's what I, here's what I want to make sure. I want to make sure no one's like, Oh, that's all cool, but I don't have a farm. So I'm going to go back to Netflix and Uber Eats bringing me some, like, how do we, because most people are probably parents if they're using fit to be studio, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah, there's a big emphasis on that sort of stuff. Okay, so like we don't have a change table. We change the baby on the floor, mm -hmm. um, like on the rug. And so you got to get down to the floor and get back up every time. Yep. And right? Yep. It's important to be able to get down to the floor and back up, right? I'm 30. My husband's 35, 36. So, you know, like both of us can still touch the floor flat hands, straight yeah. knees. And because we maintain that too, we change the baby on the floor. You know, like I like to sit on the floor with the baby, or like with the toddlers, like, or I'll even just like lay out on the floor to stretch in the kitchen when they're cranky and they're wanting to climb you. I'll just lay on the floor and stretch as they climb all over me. Like That's you're so wanting good. to hang on to me. And I've done it too. Uh, when I've been like at a Bible study, I had a day where I was like in my desk all day and then I got to Bible study and I was like, guys, I'm just like really stiff and I need to move. So I just pushed my chair aside and I spent like the first half an hour or so just stretching on the floor while we chatted because why not? Yeah, why it's not? Good. Right? We're like, just... you know, mm -hmm. I needed to I move. I was there. Why mm -hmm. not do that? Yeah. And I think with the parenting, like, you know, it's being active with your kids. It's, yeah. you know, getting, you know, wrestling with them. It's, you know, just being active with them. You don't, that's anywhere. Mm -hmm. You don't have yep. to live or be active with your kids. Yeah. And I that's would say so to add to that, your body doesn't know the difference between you carrying a bucket of feed or a kettlebell. Your body right. doesn't know the difference between you getting down the floor to change your kid at home and you doing a Turkish getup in a CrossFit class. Um, <laughs> your body doesn't know the difference between you climbing a ladder and you practicing your pull-ups with a band to assist you. Yeah. What your body knows is that, oh, we got challenged with emotion to do this and it, it, okay, those muscles, now those muscles need more energy input and those muscles are kind of tired and we're going to build those muscles. We're going to keep those muscles. We're going to maintain those muscles. So whether you're on a farm or in the city, the big takeaway is move and enjoy your movements and look for more ways to move, not exhausting yourself. I'm not advocating over exercising. Um, are we allowed to? Spicy, are we allowed to be here? 
can edit spicy. me if it's too spicy. You, you, you can get a little spicy. Go for it. You can get a little spicy. If you are married or have a partner yep. or spouse, you can be very active with them. Yes. <laughs> That's exercise. In the evening. In bed. Yep. You can be very right? active or not. You can choose to be very sedentary in how you have relations with your spouse, or you can be very active and flexible. Right? That's you, right? Yeah, your mom doesn't know about... the difference between riding a horse and that. So, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, I went there. Kind of strongly believe, saying kind of waters it down. I strongly believe between people who are in healthy relationships, there should be encouragement to have healthy relations with your spouse. Mm -hmm. I think that needs to be talked about in healthy relationships, not just like, I think it's more likely to happen when you're younger or when you're, you know, or. Yeah. I think that it still needs to. To encourage are, people, not for your dirty laundry, but to encourage people. Yeah. No, we are actually interviewing for our next podcast um, a gal named Sheila Gregoire, who wrote the book, The Great Sex Rescue. And oh, it is yeah. an amazing book. Yeah. It's fabulous. So we're going to be talking about that in our next episode. And it's, you know, addressing things that are holding you back in that department. And what was that? Chris is going to be blushing the whole time. He was hiding his face when we were talking. He's going to be. Oh, no, I'm well beyond blushing. I'm well beyond blushing in this podcast. <laughs> We've talked about all of it. Well, like you said at the very beginning, um, things like lack of bladder control can really hold you back from mm -hmm. squatting and jumping and also from intimacy. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that is, it's actually a big barrier in intimacy. If, if you are afraid of your bladder or bowels um, not doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it, that's yeah. going to really ruin a lot of good moments in life. And it's going to impede your yeah. ability to do the things that you want to do in multiple areas. Right. On the farm, mm -hmm. in the kitchen, in the bedroom, all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I feel like, you know, there's this, um, there's this easy pattern that we can get into where we can use whatever life situation we're in as an excuse to avoid movement. Um, it's just mm -hmm. natural. I, I don't remember if Beth, Kay, I don't remember who said this, but there, I think there's this draw that we're seeing this pull into mm -hmm. being sedentary. And like the whole culture, modern Western culture is like kind of pushing towards like that is the goal. Like, I don't, I don't know that people really realize they're setting out to do that, but like all the conveniences, mm -hmm. the, the outcome of those is often um, being sedentary or just making things real easy that used to be more difficult from a physical standpoint and from a mental standpoint too. Right. So like what I hear you guys saying is farm amazing opportunities. But if you don't have a farm, you can't use that as an excuse to not be purposeful about your movements. Mm -hmm. So I just, mm -hmm. I'd love to end on, you know, what, what are you guys' final thoughts? You know, someone's listening to this, they're in the car, they're not moving. 
um, or or whatever, right? They're like listening to this and they're saying, oh man, I just don't know how practical it is. Like I've got no cow to milk. I've got no goat. I've got no horse to ride. I have no quad to drive up into the mountains. So I guess I should just watch more Netflix. Like what is your final thoughts, encouragement to people as we're kind of heading towards wrapping this up? My mom sought out like-minded friends who wanted to be active. My mom says she has to sweat like five times a week for her mental health. Like really sweat at least five times a week. They run, walk, hike, bike, go to yoga classes. The group has changed over the years, but she has this accountability group that they very often would go or they'll do like a spin class and then go for coffee afterwards. And it's become her lifestyle to, you know, always be doing active things with friends because she doesn't want to do it on her own. She's a social person. And if it was on her own, she wouldn't do it. But when she mm -hmm. has friends who text like, hey, you want to go for a hike tomorrow morning? She's like, of course, I'll rearrange my day to make it work because she's a social person and she wants to do it. And she does have a garden and she does tend to be an active person. But that's something that you don't have to, like, you can find a friend to walk around the block with. You know, you can push strollers around the block. You can, right. you can be active. And maybe mm -hmm. that takes having friends to do it with. Right. And if you're like, I don't have any friends, remember, friend, that you can be the starter. Mm. Right? Like, that's you can right. be the one that starts things. You can, like, I really wanted to have a seed swap party and nobody was having one, so I did one. Right? No one was doing it. So I started yeah. it and I invited people and everybody's like, this is amazing. This was so fun. This was such a wholesome night out. And it's like, yeah, I, I wanted it. So I did it yeah. because you can't wait for someone else to start it. Because mm -mm. mm -mm. it's your idea. So you, you can do it. That's so good. That's so good. Beth, Beth what are your thoughts? Well, I love what Kate just said about being the starter. And it's very convicting because there's a couple things I've been sitting on like that. <clears throat> I'm like, why do I always have to be the one to start things? But <laughs> that seems to be my role in a lot of stuff. Um, but the phrase, we can do hard things, is yes. on a plaque on the wall at one of my friend's houses. And I love mm -hmm. that. Our whole culture right now seems to be focused, like you said, Chris, on making everything easier, making things convenient, making things faster. Um, making our lives more simple. So we supposedly have more time, but we don't. And I do believe that the key to being healthier is actually the opposite direction of that. It is leaning into what's hard and maybe even seeking out hard things. And like Kate said earlier, uh, that kind of waters it down. It's not maybe, it is. It's seeking out hard things. And yeah, it's cool. not that you're trying to make yourself miserable. It's not that you're trying to be a martyr but it is taking a hard look at where you have outsourced stuff right. that your body actually needs to be doing motions that you have given up doing that mm -hmm. you miss doing, you know, you enjoyed, you need to get that back in your life. Whether that looks yeah. like for me, it's like, I really would like to have a goat and milk again. Like Kate said, it is getting back in the morning, going outside, getting back to in the evening, going out. There was so much fun motion and rewarding motion involved in that. But 
my goats are not in that season right now, but I'm looking forward to that season again, but I have to be purposeful in creating it. It doesn't just happen on a farm. It actually has to be facilitated even then. So whether you're facilitating more motion on a farm by getting Mm -hmm. that milk cow that you've been wanting to get or getting your goats back in milk or planting a bigger garden or whether you're in the city and you join a play group or you volunteer to plant trees or do a canned food drive that has you carrying things back and forth. All of that is such good, healthy motion for your body, but you have to choose it. It doesn't just happen. That's so good. You got to choose it. I I love that. You have to be purposeful about doing it, which means you got to think about it in advance and and then actually implement. Right. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Um, We are, we are out of time, but I want to, Kate, you have some amazing resources. I'm going to put this little banner thing up. Boom. You want to learn more about Kate, you need to go to either venisonfordinner.com and or and and also uh, venison for dinner on Instagram. You've got a ton of stuff you need to follow Kate there for sure. We'll put that in the show links as well. But on your website, I'm just kind of looking through your website. There is tons and tons of resources mm-hmm. on there. So uh, is that is that the best place for people to find you? Um, I feel like Instagram is like the best hub in terms of like, that's where I'm most active. But then I'm yeah. always sending people like, oh, there's this recipe, there's that recipe. Mm-hmm. But there's so many lovely recipes on my blog. I'm also on YouTube at Venison for Dinner and Facebook at Venison for Dinner. Oh, yeah, I am, yeah, I am jumping into that's her mead making course. I just got the email about that because I have her membership and I want to making making. Yes. Now is the base for mead honey? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So Beth, I, what I, what I mead is for you to go through the class and then, um, and then, and then let me know how it goes and maybe bring some samples. sounds good deal we'll do it perfect all right well kate thank you so much for spending time with us today we'll put how to find kate in the show notes you definitely want to follow on instagram facebook all the places and and maybe check out a mead making class i didn't know that was a a thing that people did um super she does it all but for sure that sounds amazing um So awesome. So Kate, thank you again for spending some time with us. This has been so good. I feel like uh, helping people remember how important it is to do movement. That's part of our mission at Fit to Be. But one of the things that's often, you know, kind of forgotten is you got to think about that in advance. So I just love both of both you and Beth. What you guys are talking about today was really a lot of being purposeful about doing that in advance and then implementing that throughout your life and then being able to reap those rewards. And being able to do things like sit on the floor easily with your children, you know, for some people that's like, wow, I can't even, I can't even do that. I can't. Even. But the more purposeful we are about implementing the stuff in our lives, the quicker we're going to get to that. So I just, I just love it. I love it that you're up there. What is the weather like right now, this very second? Is it, is it super cold? It's like probably minus five Celsius, which is twenty degrees Fahrenheit. But it's super slippery because it was warm yesterday and above freezing. So a bunch melted, especially where anything was plowed, and then it froze last night. Okay. Okay. Well, 
good luck uh, just with your, all the stuff that you have to do with the slipperiness. Don't fall. Um, but luckily, you know, because you're doing it, you've got a strong core, so you know you're going to be in good shape. I got spikes in my boots too. <laughs> That's so helpful. All right, Kate, thank you so much. Uh, we will see you guys all on the next one. See you later. Thanks for having me. listening to this episode of fit to be radio i hope you'll subscribe to our show and support us and our guests by clicking on the links we mentioned during the episode which you'll find in the show notes wherever you're listening or watching we'd also be so grateful if this episode helped you in any way if you take a moment to share it on social media be sure to follow us on instagram at fit to be studio on facebook fit to be tummy safe fitness and on twitter at fit to be and if you're looking for family-friendly affordable tummy safe workouts to do at home Start your membership today at fit2be.com. Thank you.